Hello, skeptics and believers, and welcome to Bat Boy Lives, or as I like to call it, an excuse to spend 45 minutes talking about aliens with my buddies. And when I say buddies, I mean you, the audience listening right now. And since we're friends, can I borrow $20? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, so in this issue, or this episode, I guess, that's weird, I, I wanted to talk about aliens because one of the biggest memes going on right now is the whole storming of Area 51. Oh yeah, and so I, the I'm sure the Weekly World News has a lot to say about Area 51. The article or the the issue I found the the main headline is alien weapons of mass destruction. They're found inside Iraq's own Area 51. Wait a second, Iraq has their own Area 51? Yeah, apparently. I imagine like every country has their own Area 51. Well, I mean, well, is it like is it like a? I mean, do we have a copyright on like Area Fifty One? So like when Iraq had to say, "Hey, we got our own Area Fifty One," like, whoa, 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 you gotta pay us some royalties or something. Maybe that's why we're talking about it because we we gotta have it shut down. Mm, that's true. But did they find anything inside the the Iraq's uh, Area Fifty One? Well, that's what we're gonna be talking about. That's the the main headline, and we're we're gonna cover that today. Nice. A couple other things on the cover. Uh, now it can be told, The Secret Origin of Cooties. Uh, there's also the world's oldest comic book, and you won't believe who drew it. And I'll give you a hint, it was... Uh, oh wait, shit, I lost it. Some old dead guy, that's... <laughs> <laughs> and what my favorite part is the post office puts up pictures of kids who get Fs. <laughs> Shame those kids. Yeah, that's that's the best way to, to parent. Well, on the... Uh, uh, see, on the cover it says, Extraterrestrial microbes could wipe out in a continent. So, uh, are they talking about the cooties on the uh, the cover here? I, I don't think that's related. We're not going to talk about the cooties today, so let's hope it's not related. Alrighty. Okay, so we're going to start off. Uh, we're not going to jump right into the Area 51 because that's like the, the main piece, so of course that's at the end of the issue. And once again, it turns out these the, the issues of Weekly World News are all pretty long, so once again, we're not going to cover every single page. We just picked out a few articles that we enjoyed, yeah. and we're going to read those to you. Uh, first up, we have steroids, and it's not spelled like the steroids you'd normally you'd, you'd normally think of. It's spelled S-T-A-R-E-oids. Get it? Oh, well, they will once I explain it to them. <laughs> God damn it, Mike. <laughs> well, this is spelling, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, it says, growth hormones pop out of his head in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, early one morning, 28-year-old bodybuilder Max Kellogg arrived at the Alpha Gym and had a frightening experience. I was doing a set of curls when I got a hell of a headache, he said. I happened to catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror and was so shocked I almost dropped the dumbbell on my foot. My eyes were twice their normal size. Before Kellogg could examine his bulging eyeballs, other gym members began showing up. I lowered my face and got the heck out of there, said Kellogg. If anyone saw that, the teasing would never stop. So I, I want to stop here and just like... He's more concerned about the teasing than about the fact that his eyes are double the size. I feel like that says a lot about this guy, like his how vain he is. I guess he's in a bodybuilder competition, like that's. But uh, according to the picture here, it looks like eyes just you know in increase in size. But, oh, yeah, they're uh, huge. Looks like he's like a cutie version of like Hulk or something. He's like all like <laughs> skinny and like huge, like huge baby eyes, and his his grimace isn't that mean. It's like Arr. I wouldn't say it's cute though. It's like the, it's like, like if you had to make like a like a cute toy Hulk version, I guess you could. <laughs> Just, I don't know, just copy do, this guy's face. Do you know what the word cute means? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it goes on to say, As Kellogg dressed, his eyes doubled in size again. He hailed a cab and hurried to the Grand Street Hospital. By the time he stumbled into the emergency room, his eyes had ballooned to cover nearly half his face. Since his lids were too small to blink, a nurse had to spray saline on the bulging orbs while he was being examined. A blood test revealed heavy traces of growth hormones, said Dr. Peter Harper. Mr. Kellogg had been taking steroids to prepare for the upcoming Mr. Machiste competition? Unfortunately, uh, yes. he suffered a bizarre reaction, which caused the ciliary 
fucking words are hard. Which causes the muscles around his eyes to expand, causing the eyes to stretch as well. I don't know if this is backed by, like, science of any kind. It sounds legit. I think it could happen. Dr. Harper decided against using steroid recovery drugs such as clomine citrate and anastrozole, which, I mean, makes sense considering this was caused by steroids. Why would you give him more steroids? Guess he'd be throwing fire on a gasoline kind of situation. But his reasoning, it wasn't because of the steroids. His reasoning was, it would be too dangerous to use these chemicals so close to the brain. The only way to restore the eyes was to halt the steroid intake, rest, and allow the muscles to shrink. I imagine that will take at least a month. I mean, they seem pretty confident in their uh, eye atrophy uh, right here. Uh, apparently, he has to. He has to. He can't do any workouts. He he can't go to his competition. He vows to never use steroids again, and it ends by saying, "I hope all this inactivity doesn't make me gain too much weight." Said Kellogg, especially since for the first time, my eyes really are as big as my stomach. Ha <laughs> ha. There's a lot of like boomer humor in this in this magazine, and it's kind of driving me a little crazy. But but is there actual scientific correlation between the size of your eyes and your stomach? Does appetite grow if your eyes get bigger? I, I feel like that's what According it's what it's implying here. I'm learning a lot of stuff on Weekly World News. Yeah, I don't know how how good their science is. <laughs> I just I I thought the idea of like growth hormones affecting only your eyeballs and working that fast is like such a weird concept. Because like the eyes grew bigger because what the muscles around there grew bigger. Yeah, so the, the muscles grew bigger, but then also his eyeballs grew bigger, so like... It's kind of weird. But... I don't think it works that way. I mean, I... No. I'm not claiming to be any sort of scientist, like far be it from me to claim that, but that's not... No. no. <laughs> I'm no eyeologist, so... Yeah. Uh, the next article, this one is probably my favorite headline in just all of Weekly World News. It says, group brings in Mexorcist to end the legal alien problem. <laughs> You didn't mishear me. I said Mexorcist with an Mexorcist. M in Fringo, Texas. They sneak into our country and take jobs from our citizens, said Jack Izan, head of the American Border Confederacy. Since conventional methods of patrol and surveillance have failed to stop illegal aliens from crossing our border, we found someone who, who can prevent the land from being possessed <laughs> by undocumented. His name is Frank Godless, and he's a Mexorcist. I was a priest for 20 years, but left the church in order to solve earthly problems, said the 54-year-old godless. I studied the exorcism rituals and realized that I could adapt them to expel unwanted individuals from our country. I... <sighs> okay, so, first of all, I actually gotta give Weekly World News credit, because, like, Frank Godless is actually a pretty cool name. Yeah, they, they like, come up with I... some wacky names, but this one's one of the better ones. Like, this, I could totally see this being, like, some, like, demon character, like, in a comic book. So, let's see here. He, he says, I was a priest for 20 years and left the church in order to solve earthly problems. So, I guess some guys in churches don't solve earthly problems. They just sit there and pray all day. <laughs> yeah, that's all they do, right? I, I thought that's, like, usually what the church, yeah, Catholic church tried to do a lot was solve some, you know, like, feed the poor and all that stuff. Not according to Godless, I guess. Okay, but how would you adapt an exorcism ritual to, instead of, like, drive away demons, uh, drive away uh, immigrants, I guess, illegal immigrants? Well, let's read on and find out. <laughs> The ABC drove Godless across the common border of Texas and Mexico, stopping every five miles so he could bless the border with pure well water from his home in Lubbock. The job was completed in two weeks, after which the ABC was disturbed to find out that nothing had changed. We're still getting reports that hundreds of Mexicans are crossing our border every week. I don't understand it. Perhaps we didn't bless enough of the border and they're slipping through the cracks. We'll try again after Father Godless has rested up a bit. Asked to comment on the activities of the ABC, the Vatican was understandably horrified. This kind of discrimination and hate-mongering goes against everything Jesus Christ believed, said Cardinal Ernesto Juarez. We deplore it. However, their activities have been instructive, he added. As most people know, the rite of exorcism was established to cast devils out. Until now, we had no idea they all ended up in Fringo. Oh. I feel like that's like a burn on like the the American border confederacy, but it's just like 
how 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 messed up do you have to be to like like try to use these sort of techniques to to get rid of people like you're literally calling them demons <laughs> i all right like i think uh like he said he he adapted it so i imagine like he just took like the i don't know the ritual page and just crossed out demon and wrote in mexican and just did that and just hey there we go i adapted it for this pay me money and also they're doing it every five miles that's like you got some huge gaps there. You gotta yeah. do it like every like maybe five feet or something, maybe to get that I don't know wall of blessing going on. See, my thought here is that this godless guy, he's a capitalist and he's just scamming these people. Which I mean, that's I find that really smart. That's why I thought how the article was gonna end. Like you know, haha, yeah. fooled you, border patrol people. Like hey, pay but, me pay me ten thousand dollars and I'll I'll bless the border and they can't get through. And then you know, next thing you know, you're ten thousand miles away and they're screwed. You sneak into Mexico with the money. <laughs> <laughs> see i just i one of the reasons why i like this article is just because it's like even though this is this issue is like 13 years old yeah, like two, it's 2006 it, it's yeah. still pretty topical like people people are still worried about illegal immigration that's something i don't think i'll ever change you probably go back another 10 years and they'll still be talking about yeah, most likely the border you're, you're probably right all right, next up, we have, if you're tired of the same old boring vacation, go to Mars. New Resort gives you the experience oh. of being on the red planet without leaving Earth. Oh, that's that's kind of dumb. Like, I mean, I don't want to fly four months to go to Mars, but at the same time, it's like, I'm still on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> it's got this picture of a bunch of astronauts, and behind them, there's like a, like a big old hotel. This takes place in Tubuari in French Polynesia. Have you ever wanted to go to Mars? Well, now you can, without leaving Earth. Marsland is actually a volcanic island, developer and CEO Herbert Burroughs told Weekly World News. Natural forces have created an approximation of the Martian environment, from its reddish hues to the barren landscape. As a child, I was entranced by the romance of Mars in books and film, Burroughs explained. But due to my size, I was six foot six at 17, I knew that I would never become an astronaut. Instead, I turned all my efforts to real estate. When I first saw reports of this new island, I knew I had to buy it. Thrust from the ocean depths and of, by volcanic... <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> now I need an exorcist. I was just literally about to say that. <laughs> Try that again. Uh, thrust from the ocean depths by volcanic activity along the South Pacific tectonic plates, Mars land sits a mile and a half above sea level. As a result, the atmosphere is quite tenuous, not as thin as Mars itself, but outside the airtight hotel or spacesuits, guests will get a wheezing taste of the red planet. To reach Mars land, travelers board a private jet from nearby New Zealand. They taxi to an enclosed hangar where they don spacesuits for the walk to the hotel. The suits offer them oxygen, or if they prefer, they can open the visor and suck in the thin air. The boots are also deeply cushioned, said Burrow. Each step gives the wearer a springiness that simulates Mars's lesser gravity. The sights are pure Mars as well, from the pitted surface that resembles Martian craters to the red hues of the rusted iron ore deposits in the volcanic rock. The similarities are striking, Burroughs said. In fact, it is advised that guests keep their visors down when Pacific winds whip through since they envelop the island in a fine red dust reminiscent of Martian sandstorms. The hotel is typical of any South Pacific resort, with a gym, satellite TV, fine dining, and a nightclub. It's the best time I ever had, enthused Perk Lowell of Melbourne, Australia. The missus and I got to relax and enjoy a second honeymoon, and the kids got the adventure of their young lives. It was educational too, said Lisa Lowell. We learned that Mars is actually named for the Roman god of war and is the fourth planet in the solar system. <laughs> Which, I mean, like, you should know that already? Yeah, it's like first grade knowledge right yeah. there. <laughs> Marsland is open 365 days a year. A one-week visit costs $7,500 per adult, including jet fare and hotel accommodations. 7500 in 
at that point, just go to Mars. Like, I feel like yeah. the, the Mars trip can't be that much more expensive, right? I mean, I mean, 2019 money, that's like 50 grand probably. So yeah, you could probably just build your own spaceship for that much and just go straight to Mars. I mean, you got to pay a little bit more, but maybe for yeah, <laughs> gas. But um, yeah, I got I got some questions here. Okay. Uh, the very beginning of the article probably has like all the, the cool stuff in the beginning. I actually kind of do like the idea of like some dude that's like six foot six or just a really huge guy. Like, you know, he can never become an astronaut. There's nothing he can do unless they, you know, change the rules or the, the spacecraft really loud, really tall yeah. people. So that's kind of cool. But the thing also was like, so how do you get to decide like when a, an island gets to go on the market for real estate? It's like as soon as it pops up, okay, ooh, mine, you know, I want to buy that. And it's like- well, pe- People buy islands all the time. I mean, it's weird. Obviously, it's like it belongs to the, the French Polynesians yeah. uh, in that area. But like, it's just this weird thing, like how fast when it raises from the ground to how fast will someone sell it or you're allowed to sell it. I'm just, I'm just imagining this funny thing where the government, it's obviously the governments, but then like some real estate guys like, hey, man, let me buy it. And <laughs> I read a thing once. I don't know if it's true or not, but it, it was saying that you can buy islands for like cheaper than it costs to like for tuition at a university. Yeah, I can believe that. So, I mean, like you can buy them and they're expensive, but like they're not as expensive as education. <laughs> how well, how big are the islands? Are they like, yeah, I, I have no idea. I'd five foot radius. <laughs> I haven't done any real actual research into it because I'm not in the market to buy an island. And I, I tried looking for, what is it? Lube tubuari. Yeah. I couldn't find anything. It popped up a Google result of tube tubuai, but it's not the same thing, and it doesn't. It looks just like a, your regular tropical island. It doesn't look like a Martian thing. So hmm. I don't know if this one exists. Uh, they lied to us. Yeah. <laughs> How dare they? How dare you? Weekly World News. I trusted you. Well, you know, um, uh, NASA could just like for budget cuts, they can just chuck a rover in this area and say, "Hey, look, we landed on Mars." Yeah, they did that with the moon. Yeah. So we're staying in space for this next one, which is called Dead Man on the Moon. Hunt for (laughs) Lunatic Killer Begins. A nice little pun there with Lunatic. This one is from Washington, D.C. Does the mob have a new dumping ground for corpses? Space scientists... I I need to emphasize the space scientists here. (laughs) Studying the moon have recently made a terrifying discovery on the rock and dust-strewn lunar surface. The dead body of a man from Earth. Impossible as it may seem, the fact is undeniable. There is a man on the moon, and he's dead, said Philo Crater, which is one of those great weekly world news names, a NASA researcher on the team that made the grisly discovery. Uh, When we finally figured out what we were looking at, I was so shocked that if you told me the moon was made out of green cheese, I might have believed that too. What? That statement just boggles my mind. Okay, so if you could believe someone, I mean, it is a pretty big thing to notice there's a corpse up on the moon, but I, I would immediately jump in the, the cheese afterwards. Yeah, I mean, you're, green cheese, especially. It, it's just such a strange statement for a space scientist to make. <laughs> I, I really doubt this man's credentials right now. I don't think he's an actual space scientist. <laughs> That's just the title he gave himself. I, I could just see some like history channel, learning channel thing, and it's talking to some scientist about the corpse on the moon, and then his, you know, his name he got was his name, uh, uh, Philo Crater. Then underneath his title, <laughs> Says, just says space, space scientist. scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Even speaking on condition of strict anonymity, government scientists could offer precious little information about the ill-fated person discovered sprawled on the moon's dusty surface 270,000 miles from Earth. So far, the corpse has been identified only as a human male in his mid-twenties. My whole career has been dedicated to the search for heavenly bodies. I never thought I'd wind up discovering a dead body instead, said one shocked astronomer. If I hadn't been there when the report came in, I would have called it lunacy. <laughs> so, w- I, But, like... I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just upset at these scientists right now. Third episode in, you're broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Naturally, this falls outside the realm of an ordinary investigation, says FBI agent Rock Shooter. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. It's like a, it's like a total, like, Bolt Big Band name. torture. <laughs> <laughs> Rock Shooter. <laughs> These names. That's like a clever name you give to like a caveman yeah. or something. It's like I'm rock shooter. I feel like I feel like this this issue is like overall not that great, but rock shooter kind of makes up for it. <laughs> oh god! It sounds like an action duo, like rock shooter Frank Godless together, right? <laughs> <laughs> the matter has been turned over to a special team of forensic es- experts. When asked to identify these experts, S.A. Shooter said, sorry, that's classified. A high-ranking source would say only these CSIs were attached to a government agency with jurisdiction over all crimes committed beyond the surface of the Earth. I really want that to be a thing. They're probably calling in. You know who? SCP. Oh, there you go. Crossover episode! So this will be a SCP article pretty soon. Corpse on the Moon. The first question the lead investigator once answered is, where did this guy come from and how did his corpse wind up on the moon? And, just as important, he wants to know if the body is the one and only victim of this unusual case, or just the first. Neither the cause of death nor the method of transporting the victim to the lunar surface is yet to be determined. Citing national security concerns, the NASA scientists remain tight-lipped even as to how the body was found. Conditions on the moon's surface, including high levels of solar radioactivity, are expected to hamper further investigation. But NASA officials believe the moon's relatively insignificant atmosphere will preserve important evidence to the extraterrestrial crime scene. So I think it's interesting that the immediate assumption is that it's the mob. Yeah, I think uh, what happened was a uh, plod came to Vegas, <laughs> did some partying, uh, got into an altercation, beat the guy up behind the bar, maybe beat him up a little too much. Yeah, because the guy was talking shit about Hillary Clinton. Yeah, he, you know, cracks him in the head. He falls backwards, uh, conks his head in the back of the pavement, dies. Plod panics. He's like, I got to get out of here. And then, uh, you know, he throws the corpse in his spaceship, flies off. He's like, I can't let the space cops find me with this uh, corpse. I'll just dump it off on the moon. So, of course, you know, he just dumps off the moon. Then we find it. You know, a jogger finds it. and then uh, <laughs> You know what? Okay, actually, that gives me a good idea because you mentioned space cops. What if Rock Shooter isn't a human and he's just identifying like like he's pretending to be a human and the first quote unquote name he can come up with is Rock Shooter? Uh, kind of like he... um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where like the alien named Ford, like that, that was just like the first thing he saw was a Ford. So he's like, oh, that's a human name. He's like panicking his name. and He just saw some kid with like a slingshot. Like, yeah, uh, my name uh, is Rock Shooter. Rock Shooter. <laughs> God, that one that one broke me. That was really weird. So I'm I'm pointing my finger at plot on this one. So yeah, it's it's got to be plot. I don't I don't think it was the mob. I think it's really weird to to assume it was the mob like right off the bat because I've never heard anything of the mob having like space capabilities. Yeah, they don't they don't mess around in space. Mob stays away from space. They know that's just like a super messy business business and yeah. it's just not worth it. They're smart. They just stay away from space. It's too much going on out there. Oh, since I bungled this earlier, uh, it was Michelangelo drew the world's first comic book. Oh, I thought that was literally the guy's name you were saying. Some dead guy. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, <laughs> like, I, I just had a brain fart in the middle of the sentence, and I forgot the name. <laughs> so I want to I want to say here, you know, I made a mistake, and the, the name is Michelangelo. Okay, you're forgiven. Everybody's favorite Ninja Turtle. <laughs> okay, so next up we have, where is it? Alien WMDs found in Iraqi 51, which is Here the Iraq go. version of Area 51. I haven't actually had a chance to sit down and read this one. I read all the other ones, but this one I haven't, so this might be terrible. So I apologize in advance. We'll go in blind together. Yeah. We'll suffer together. So this is in Baghdad, Iraq. Coalition forces have finally discovered Saddam Hussein's long-rumored cache of weapons of mass destruction. They're hidden in a complex deep in the Iraq desert. 
However, administration officials were shocked to discover that the Iraqi terror weapons were not the nuclear or biological weapons they'd been seeking. They were far, far worse. This was like in the Bush administration, should I say nuclear? Um, yeah. Is it, is it nuclear or is it nuclear? <laughs> Nu- nuclear, nuclear. I can't even say it right now. Or yeah, wrong. No, I can't <laughs> intentionally talk good, though. so I'm, I have no stones to cast at George Bush right now. Even when I'm intentionally trying to botch it, I don't know what <laughs> what's the right one. The Bushian <laughs> saying. We had investigated every bunker, cave, and Iraq military installation we could find with no luck. Special Forces Commander Gardner F. Broom told Weekly World News. Now that name's not even a pun at all. Like, nah, they should have. I, I I can't even think of one right now, so maybe I <laughs> I shouldn't give him crap on him so much. But yeah, you should give him some kind of soldiery kind of name. Like many Americans, we began to doubt that the weapons of mass destruction ever existed. You know, looking back on this from 13 years in the future, I just have to say, ha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when did they realize that uh, they were running off like false information? I have no idea. I was a child at the time. <laughs> You weren't a child at the time. It was 2006. 2006? I was 17. Yes. I didn't oh. give a shit about that kind of stuff. How old are you? I never I'm met you before. 30. So. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I just, I saw your article in the paper, like, need someone for podcasts. <laughs> and I was like, I'm your man. Yeah, we haven't known each other for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Last month, however, operating on a tip from a jailer who heard Saddam muttering in his sleep, coalition intelligence operator operatives discovered a bunker near the juncture in the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. In this abandoned command center were scores of partially destroyed computers. Evidently, the Iraqis didn't want us finding these, Commander Broom went on. We spent hours reconstructing the hard drives, pulling off what little data we could. We found one phrase repeated over and over. It translated as Iraqi 51 and was apparently located somewhere in the Syrian desert. I just, okay, so this, this is like a great example of like, like Americans making America the center of the world. I gotta say, Iraqi 51 is an awesome club. It's, <laughs> it is great. Uh, Broom and his elite forces parachuted into the region and combed the desert area for weeks. They finally located a series of desert camouflage tents that were invisible from the air. Under one, they found the antenna of a lone satellite transponder jutting from a dune. After carefully digging around the site, the team unearthed something remarkable. We were expecting to find aircraft or tanks, but there weren't any, said the officer. Clearing away the windblown sand, we found an alien spacecraft. There were scorch marks on the side as if it had been hit by a Sidewinder missile. Evidently, one of Saddam's mobile rocket units had shot it down, mistaking it for a stealth bomber. Behind it were solar panels... Oh shit, I'm lost. Wait, what? A bottom left of the page. Yeah, but my thing's not in order, so like, the next page isn't the next page. <laughs> Tag out, tag out. Uh, and a hatch that opened into the vast underground labyrinth. Venturing inside, we heard the hum of electricity, probably generators driven by solar panels. In the first room, we discovered operating tables, monitors, surgical tools, and freezer containing a dissected alien. Oh, nice. dang. Plot's cousin in here. <laughs> the E.T. was of the gray variety with large bulbous head, spindly limbs, and black luminous eyes, just like I'd seen in your paper. Oh, that's what I wonder. Do they send Weekly World News over to the soldiers in Iraq at the time? or How did they get this story? I don't know. Yeah, I just assume soldiers running up, like, you know, guys like mails here, and people are like, oh, yeah, they're thinking either uh, letters from their family or just magazines from home, but nope, they just get issues of Weekly World News. And... <laughs> All right, continuing on. Uh, there were puncture marks in the arm where, according to the forensics team, needles had been stuck. Five other alien corpses were stored in additional freezers in an adjoining room. So they told have six aliens? Dang, dude. That's a lot of aliens. Yeah, we only have like one or two in our Area 51. But how do you know that? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Towards the back of that chamber, we also saw drum after drum with red markings that identified them as biohazards. Didn't take us long to figure out what was inside. Saddam scientists evidently have been extracting fluids from the aliens, ew. 
using the unearthly, unearthly microbes in their blood to create extraterrestrial weapons of mass destruction. Wait a second. So they're making the they're making the weapons out of alien blood? Uh, I guess. Which is actually what? That, that's actually kind of a cool concept. That, I, I love that idea. Like that would make a great like novel. Let's see here. Where was I? Since these alien bacteria were unknown on Earth, there was no telling what would happen when the strain was released in our atmosphere. So it's kind of like a bioweapon. Yeah, and Saddam's going hard. Luckily, uh, Batboy found him. Yeah, thank God. After making initial on-site studies, the medics told me that these microbes would have wiped out entire continent within weeks. Wow. Uh, Commander Broom remarked, I should probably just read that after that, but <laughs> because they come from a war. <laughs> Uh, there's no fun on the show all right because they come from a world where there is apparently no water they could have been released in the uh, u.s and unable to cross the seas leaving saddam safe in his mad little empire after commander broom notified his superiors the u.s special ops were authorized to conduct operation clean sweep removing the downed ufo the alien remains and the drums for further study Weekly World News has learned that they've taken to the Groom Lake Air Force Facility, commonly known as Area 51. Well, that's not very good uh, hidden information if Weekly World News can find right? it I out. mean, the, the location of Area 51 is pretty, like, everybody knows that, so... I, I'm, I'm one of those guys where, like, I think there's an Area 52, and Area 51 is just the decoy. Well, I feel like the name Area 51, that implies there's at least 50 other areas. That's true also. They could, yeah. At least, minimum. All right. The Area Saddam... Uh, was imitating when he named his alien base. Following the retrieval, a massive airstrike reduced Iraqi 51 to ash. I don't know if it's oh, a wow. good idea just to bomb something like that, because who knows what else could be in there. Yeah, we can't have any competition with our own Area 51. Nah, I could, we could always just took it over and put a McDonald's there or something, but... Uh, they probably did. The only thing that prevented Saddam from his twisted dream was that the U.S. hit him before he could hit us, Commander Broom said. I guess President Bush is right after all, though he never could have guessed why. <laughs> <laughs> that's so dumb like quit trying to validate bush <laughs> i don't know maybe uh Wicked Williams plays like middle of the road kind of they's kind of i don't know i feel like they just still attack and defend both either presidents or whatever yeah, but I don't, I don't really know because like the only politics things i've seen have been like pretty heavily skewed towards the clintons like the, there's been a lot of drama with the clintons in the weekly world news universe <laughs> The thing is, like, they were owned by the same people who own the National Enquirer, and the National Enquirer is pretty right-wing. Oh, yeah. So, I, I know, I just feel like, like, if this has a political skew, it's going to be towards the right, just because it's the same owners. Yeah. So, that's, we, we don't know what's in Area 51 here in America, but now we know what was in Iraqi 51, so... I don't have an answer for the people who are looking to raid Area 51 this coming September, but at least we have something here. So if you are raiding Area 51, just be careful because there might be alien microbes that could wipe out our entire continent. So yeah, so if you get the sniffles after Area 51, uh, you might want to stay away from everyone. Yeah, and you've probably doomed us all. Or just stay in Area 51. Okay, so I want to go to the raid on Area 51 just so I can see what happens because you know people are going to show up. Oh, yeah. But at the same definitely. time, I don't want to go because I don't want to get arrested just for, like, wanting to spectate. I think people just, like, go, like, one mile away from, like, the fence area just have, like, a huge party. I bet you anything there's going to be, like, one person that's going to attempt it, but... Oh, at least. There's, there's going to be a few, I think. I, I bet you they'll have, like, just cops and stuff patrolling the area because... If they know that day, I think they'll maybe be a little forgiving on just murdering you the second you jump over the fence. Like I said, they'll probably just be watching stuff. So, so nanosecond someone starts climbing that fence, they already have people just waiting for him to oh, yeah, arrest absolutely. him. 
I'd heard that um, they transported all the stuff in Area 51 away, so I feel like if the raid does happen, nobody's going to find anything because all the stuff's been moved. Well, I heard it's all like there's a lot of underground tunnels, so I mean, you guys get in there, just Naruto run down the tunnels, and you can probably find Area 52, which has the real stuff and the aliens. Just my own general theory is that the, like Area 51 is just a red herring. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But hap- what happens also, like, do you want to say they make it in? They, okay. they, they get through. The surviving members, I think, get gunned down by the 50 cal guns <laughs> around the area. <laughs> make it in. They hack the doors. You know, they take out the guards inside. What happens if, like, they find the aliens and all the aliens are just, like, super annoying or just dumb? Or, like, the reason they're here is because, like, their species sent them off on an errand. Like, oh, pick up something from Earth. You know, shift the eyes. And- I'm, I'm in an Area 51 meme group on Facebook. And uh, there's, there's a lot of people that want to have sex with aliens on there. Why not? So I don't I don't think they care if the aliens are annoying. I think they just plan on having sex with them. Just gonna hit it and quit it. Yeah, like that's they're not looking for a relationship. They're just looking for a one night extraterrestrial stand. That makes sense. Aliens are lonely. Man, millennials are weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was this issue of. Uh, Weekly World News about Iraqi 51. I just wanted to touch on that because it's such a big meme right now. Yeah. So let's move on to current events. I found I found this article. It's not the weirdest one I found, but I, I was looking up cryptid sightings and I couldn't find anything recent, but I did find this article from blockclubchicago.org. Okay. Uh, the title is, Have You Seen the Mothman? Students' posters urge Chicagoans to call in monster sightings and her phone is blowing up. An art institute students' poster were part of a school project that's become something much bigger. So, basically, just to, to paraphrase, the this artist, the student artist, Sophie Jones, she put up a bunch of posters with, like, a burner phone number. Okay. Basically saying, like, hey, if you've seen these cryptids, call me and, like, report it. So, Sophie Jones is a student of the School of Art Institute of Chicago. Uh, she made the posters as a project of the school, but they proved far more popular than she'd imagined, and she's received dozens of phone calls and texts to her cryptid hotline. Um, she's had stuff from people saying that they're the Mothman and they want to take her out on a date. Uh, people have sent in photoshopped images of monster sightings from across the city, and people have called to ask her about cryptids. Huh. She, her purpose here is she's hoping that it'll result in conversation that can help people learn about how people participate in urban legends and revive myths, which I think is kind of a cool project. Like That's kind of cool. Like, it's an art thing, but it's also kind of like a sociological kind of thing. Let's go back to the beginning. Did they say they saw the Mothman in Chicago? No, somebody was pretending to be the, the, the Mothman. Oh, okay. I was like, dude, Mothman ain't going to Chicago. That's like, he, he no. <laughs> Chicago's got its own kind of cryptids that we'll, we'll touch on someday. I'll say, I'll say I think all cryptids know like stay away from uh from Chicago. <laughs> I ain't going there, man. <laughs> uh, Sophie Jones said, "Being in a fine arts environment, a lot of the art you see is very heavy duty and painful, or traumatic, or political. I wanted to do something that felt accessible and fun and friendly and engaged with an interest that I found really fascinating." Uh, the hotline is only partially a joke. Yes, most of the tips or sightings sent to her have been satirical, but she's also had a few people call or text with questions about monsters, and she's taking their messages very seriously. She's even investigating one report from someone who said they're driving when they hit a creature with glowing eyes. So she's, like, actually making, like, an effort to engage with people in these conversations. And I think, I guess that was, like, the point of her project. Like, she wanted to engage with the public. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, like, like, not only is she doing this project, but she's, like, participating. So people call her and she, like, she answers. She doesn't, like, let it go to voicemail. You know, she responds to the text messages. So, like, it's something she, like, it's kind of a joke, but she's kind of taking seriously. Yeah, I wonder, like, how much percentage of calls and texts you get that are just, like, pure trolls. You know, like, yeah, saying, I'm the I, mothman that wants to take you out. Or I have just, to imagine a lot of it's, like, prank calls. Or, like, I saw Chupacabra behind the Popeyes, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's just a dog. Um, she had initially planned to let the project die by the end of the semester, but she's got so many responses. She got like 90 calls and a hundred texts within a week. Oh, wow. Um, she keeps buying like phone cards for it. So <laughs> she's continuing to do this. She's planning to expand the project and she's thinking of creating a website where she'll post the text and audio from the phone calls. She'll probably wait for the next semester in the fall. So this is, this is from May. So I haven't been no, able to find any updates, but I'm hoping like this coming fall, there'll be an update on like what's going on with this project. Cause I, I really like this idea of just like grassroots kind of engaging with people just about monsters, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not like the newest thing I could dig up, but it's so interesting and like a cool idea that like, I kind of wanted to touch on it cause it's a cool idea. Yeah. And I was looking for updates, but her name is Sophie Jones and that's like, there's like 5 million people in, in Chicago alone named Sophie Jones. So like, yeah, I couldn't find any updates. I found like some Twitters, but I wasn't sure if it was her or not. And I don't want to like be weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to keep an eye out and I hope I find updates to this, but I just thought it was, it was neat. Like, yeah. Like, obviously, I'm obsessed with monsters, so, like, somebody doing this sort of thing, like... Does she keep track of, like, sightings and all that stuff, or...? Uh, it, it doesn't really say anything about that. It says she's, like, investigated stuff, but it doesn't, like, give any details. Oh, okay. So she does. She has her own, like, personal investigation on... Yeah, and I mean, it's, I imagine it's, like, you know, she's a full-time student, so she probably doesn't have a lot of time to be, like, looking into monsters. Yeah, it's probably just a hobby. Yeah. I just, I thought it was a cool thing. Nice, light, lighthearted. It's better than, a uh, 800 teeth removed from Tiny Baby. I was, I was hoping to have, like, a legit, like, cryptid sighting to report on, but I, I, I have to find the right keywords to search, because, like, a lot of it, it just brings you up into, like, historical kind of things, like older, like, Loch Ness sightings or Bigfoot, but I, I want to find sightings that are, like, brand new. It's just, I gotta, I gotta dig in a little bit deeper. Like, like brand new, like from this year? Or... Yeah, just from, like, this year, or even, like, the past, like, three years. I don't want to do something from, like, 1995. <laughs> I think it feels like in the 90s, like, all that people were seeing were, like, uh, UFOs. That was the big thing. Yeah, the, the 90s was, like, very alien-heavy. But yeah, all I remember growing up was, like, I never heard about, like, uh, you know, is this a ghost, you know, people took pictures of? But it's, like, it was always, uh, always UFOs. A lot of it was... Well, I'd heard a theory that it depends on the media being made at the time. Like, I think it was when E.T. came out, there was, like, a, a huge upsurge of people reporting alien sightings. That's uh, true. So I imagine, like, more movies with ghosts coming out, like, more people start seeing ghosts because yeah. that's that's the pattern their mind is thinking of so subconsciously they see something they can't explain so the mind tells them well that's a ghost or that's an alien that makes sense you know since the 2010s are really big on paranormal stuff like ghost stuff i feel like we see a lot more ghosts now than in other times when we were seeing more aliens because you know we have like the x-files which is like very alien centric yeah all right i guess that's what we got for you all today you have anything you want to add mike I'm just prepping to go raid Area 51 and then fly over to Loch Ness and just raid that. But we should show up early so we can pre-raid for practice. And if we get really lucky, maybe we'll find Nessie for everyone else. Wait, so show up to the Area 51 or show up to Loch Ness? Uh, both. We can do both. Okay, because that sounds kind of expensive. We'll walk. Walk to Scotland. All right, so uh, if you want to contact us, we are on Twitter at RedactedCast, or you can find us on Facebook as Redacted and Expunged. Our email is unauthorizedcast at gmail.com. If you want to talk to us, if you have any questions, if you want to tell us how terrible we are, uh, go right ahead and we'll cry and it'll be sad and we'll be sad about it. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. And remember, if you keep an open mind, anything can enter. Y'all have a good night, everyone. Keep watching the skies. <laughs>